is the Cloud Hub Podcast, your launchpad for Amazon Web Services. Welcome to the Cloud and Out podcast. My name is Michael and today I don't talk with Andreas here in the podcast. I have a special guest. Uh, so Sönke from Hamburg is joining us and we are going to talk about three and a half ways to work around missing CloudFormation support. Before we start, let me introduce Sönke shortly to you. So Sönke is from Hamburg in Germany and he's the co-founder of Superluminar, an AWS consultancy. He also runs serverless days in Hamburg And on top of that, he recently released a project called Superworker that helps you to um, manage new AWS accounts um, in a, um, I would say, um, easy fashion. So welcome to the show, Sönke. So let's tell uh, our listeners a little bit more about you. Hi, I'm Sönke, co-founder of Superluminar. We are an advanced AWS consulting partner from Hamburg, and so we Uh, have deep knowledge of AWS and um, we specialize in uh, secure AWS setups and migrations and also in everything serverless or as we call it uh, serviceful architecture. So we see serverless not only as a technology but also as a mindset which you can have to approach software development um, without actually writing much software and owning software, but um, focusing on the business value. And yeah, so we work with uh, with a range of customers from startups um, uh, up to like bigger enterprises. And I'm also uh, very active in the AWS community. So for example, I'm an uh, AWS community builder and partner ambassador. So and as we already mentioned, we host the uh, serverless days Hamburg, which is, as far as I know, the um, biggest serverless conference in Germany. And it's a community conference. And yeah, so will probably happen next year again. And yeah, so stay tuned for that. And um, as you also mentioned, um, thanks that I can do this little advertisement. So we co-author with another um with another AWS partner, Kreuzwerker, um, an open source project, and we call it Superwerker, and which actually automates a secure and future-proof um, AWS setup with a one-click setup. So you don't need to know how all this stuff works. Um, you just get an AWS set- setup with, for example, several um, um, services already enabled and also wired together so you don't um, as a new AWS user you don't have to do and know all this stuff and we're looking for beta testers so if you have like something like a greenfield project currently starting check out um, superverka.cloud and um, yeah and maybe contact me and then we can see how um, we can support you and yeah as I said we're looking for people who are willing to test this project so yes thanks for the opportunity yeah that sounds great and this is actually the project um that i was looking at like so sunke presented this new project to me and when i looked at it i um, realized that there are actually more ways to work around missing cloud formation support than i thought exist and so that's why we um, have this um, show here today so before we start so i was attending the, the serverless hamburg um at least two times um, and I can definitely recommend it so if you are living in um, Europe or in Germany definitely check that out so it is um, 
a a a, a very um like i would say the, the location is pretty nice uh, the people are very um welcoming and also the talks are um of high quality so definitely um, visit the conference if you are interested in the serverless space before we start um i will kind of um issue a warning here so we will talk about ways to work around cloud formation support all of them have a limitation uh, or come with a problem and this problem is that you have to maintain it and it is sometimes hard to kind of as soon as CloudFormation adds support migrate back to the original native CloudFormation support. So when you think about adding uh, one of or using one of those workarounds always keep in mind that this might increase your uh, future uh, maintenance effort a little bit um, but sometimes it's the only option. If you cannot wait for CloudFormation I mean you you could either use Terraform or you could um, come up with a, a workaround. So I'm going to start uh, with the obvious workarounds and then I will hand it over to Sönke to talk a little bit more about those um, new ways he figured out how um, that, that can be used to work around CloudFormation support. So the first and I think the most popular option is a custom resource. So a custom resource can be implemented either in a Lambda function or you can use SNS and then connect SNS to whatever you like to implement a custom uh, resource. So, um, for example, you could push it to an SQS queue and from there you could, for example, connect an EC2 instance to it. Um, and what you have to do to implement a custom resource is you have to implement three different actions. One is the create action, you have to implement update action and the delete action. And I mean, kind of the name implies it when the resource is first created by CloudFormation, the create action is called you do whatever is needed, you get the parameters and the properties from CloudFormation and then you return a physical resource ID. So for example, if you create an EC2 instance, uh, that could be the instance ID. Um, during an update, you get the physical resource ID, you get the old properties, the new properties, you do whatever is needed um, to um, change the resource um, and then you return back a physical resource ID. When the physical resource ID changes, so if it's not the same uh, that was passed into your um, action, um, this is actually what CloudFormation calls a replacement. And when such a replacement um, happens, CloudFormation will call the delete action during the cleanup phase. So you don't have to do the deletion uh, yourself during an update, you just care about the new resource. And then finally, the um, delete uh, action, this is where you get the physical resource ID and then you delete the resource that you created. So it is... Um, compared to the other options, I think it is, um, in terms of effort, it's the low effort option. Um, so it's it's easy to write such a function, but it is also easy to have many bugs in such a function. And I can tell you from uh, my um, past experience, so it's not as easy as it might sound, but you get something up and running quickly. And I will link one example in the show notes, and this is about how to add an IAM um, password policy to your IAM um, settings because that's not supported in CloudFormation. And um, you will see the implementation is really straightforward and, and it, it, it looks um, kind of clean. So um, anything that I forgot to talk about, Tönke, here? Um, so, so I can make um, um, two two additions. So, so, um, so I'm also I have a user of the custom resources because yeah. So this is the I would say like most convenient way to get up and running and uh, add missing support. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, um, so um, you can very easily start with it. Um, but what what's a little bit 
Um, frustrating is like the feedback loop because sometimes you get in when when you can't when you don't handle exceptions correctly, then you sometimes have to wait like two hours for CloudFormation that it continues and stuff like that. And the other thing which I wanted to mention is. Um, which is, I find a cool feature. Some other people are uh, scared of it is that you can write, so because it's Lambda, you can use Lambda and in Lambda, you can use um, inline code within CloudFormation. So you can put this code into your CloudFormation uh, YAML file and um, then you have like a self-contained custom resource. You don't need to pull something from S3 or where you don't know where it comes from. So you get one self-contained uh, CloudFormation template, which I find really cool because then you can just pass around these CloudFormation templates and they don't need any third-party stuff to work. And you can just see what happens because the code is inline. And usually it's like, I would say like 20 to 50 lines of code. Um, um, so it's not like um, pages of code which you have to read. So, so it really fits nice into one CloudFormation template. But it, it's uh, yeah, it's so so it's like Python or JavaScript within YAML, which is kind of a little bit um, yeah, not the cleanest way, but it works. And yeah, as I said, um, it's self-contained then, and I really like that. Yeah, I agree. And I also use that approach quite often, um, but I see the limitations. I mean, for example, there's no testing and stuff. So, I mean, if you do this in a more, um, or if you want to, for example, share this with, 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 with a lot of other AWS accounts and stuff, then, then you might also can think about the SNS way and do you just expose a, a topic and then the implementation is kind of hidden behind the topic. But yeah, so I usually use the inline approach as well. So, the problem with this is custom resources, they don't support all the nice features of CloudFormation. So for example, they don't support drift detection and they don't support resource import. And resource import actually is one of the ways how you can get kind of back to native CloudFormation support once you have a, a, a workaround in place. Because with resource import, you could then kind of switch into the native CloudFormation world again. So let's see how we can implement that. And the feature is called a resource provider and that's a it's a newer feature i think it's was launched last year uh, roughly uh, one year ago um you the first thing that you do is you, you define a schema of the resource so you for example specify the the properties you specify the iam um permissions it needs and all kinds of things um and then you can also share the resource provider with other aws accounts so that's also a nice um, possibility um you get drift detection and resource import support, as I already mentioned. And um, last but not least, the resource provider code execution doesn't happen in your own AWS account anymore. So for example, with the Lambda approach in the custom resource, the Lambda function runs in your account. With resource provider, that's not the case anymore. The execution is managed by AWS and uh, also the IAM credentials are managed by AWS. So it's, it's kind of an improvement, uh, kind of version two of custom resources, I would say. Um, the problem is that um, I mentioned you can share resource providers um, between accounts, and that's true. But the problem is that actually the the the, the experience, like the developer experience, is is not. Uh, I would say it's not good. It, it, it there's lots of room for improvement, um, and also effort 
the development effort is much higher because you have to implement more actions um, and, and everything is a little bit more complex with so the Java framework, for example, you work in is, is definitely more complex than what we had before with, with uh, custom resources. And also documentation is, I wouldn't say it doesn't, or I think it. you can say it's not existing. So basically what you have to do is you look at all the examples that AWS has provided and then figure out how it works. Um, so that's at least my impression. So Sönke, what's your What's your impression of, of resource providers? Have you used them? So what what can you add here? Mm, yes, so I've um, I've used them once. Um, so so one one cool um, thing about it is that um, apparently now AWS writes all their new um, re resources which are supported by CloudFormation with this new framework with the resource providers, and they also open source at least most of them on their um, on their AWS CloudFormation GitHub. Um, and this is um, this is really cool because there are um, there on the one hand there are examples and on the other hand um, there's also sometimes previews. Um, so once uh, I saw that they were working on a um, um, on a new resource called AWS CloudFormation Stack Set, and um, if you're um, familiar with Stack Sets, so this is um, so Stack Sets basically is uh, a CloudFormation feature which allows you to um, deploy one stack into several regions or accounts or even an entire AWS organization, and so I used this preview, so it was not released yet um, as a um, as a really official uh, AWS, so so prefixed with AWS uh, resource, but I could already use it um, within my own namespace to test around with it, and this was really cool. So this was also my first um, interaction with this new um, type of um, resource providers, and yeah. So as and as you said. Um, these uh, currently um, you have to import uh, these resources into each AWS account, and actually you also have to import it into each region you want to use. So you get like if you have many regions and many accounts, then you have like this two-dimensional metrics where you have to actually import the resource before you can use it. Um, so this is so I really hope that they will provide like an. Um, at least in AWS organizations uh, um, um, integration in the future and maybe also like a public registry like for example with Terraform uh, so as Terraform or as Terraform currently does with this um, public registry so we can just so, so someone publishes for example um, a new resource and this could not only be um, AWS but also other providers and I can simply use it I don't have to do some import dance first and yeah so one specialty I just um, that just came to my mind is that um, actually uh, we get built for these private resources so this is also one specialty so I'm really looking forward to um, where this goes the last thing I could mention here is um, that yes, there are several currently also several third-party providers who already provided um, resource providers uh, for their own products. So I really hope that this step will um, go into this Terraform um, direction soon, where we can 
just do everything with CloudFormation, but we don't have to uh, manage our state um, like we have to do with Terraform. So I think this is still the killer feature of CloudFormation is that it's fully managed. And this is why I also really like CloudFormation. It just works. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I also uh, kind of, um, I mean, there is, there is hope. It, it is reinvent week or weeks at the moment. So maybe we might see something. So I don't know. Let's hope for that so that we get a better CloudFormation registry. So, Okay, we talked about the first two options that you have, and those are the, I, I would say, official like ways of, of working around missing CloudFormation support. And now it gets a little bit, um, I would say, more um, niche. So you discovered actually two new ways to work around missing CloudFormation support that I wasn't aware of before. So let's start uh, talking about the, the new stuff. Um, and the first one is... Um, making use of, of um, Systems Manager. So how does it actually work? Yes, so um, so so Systems Manager, most most of you probably, if you have ever heard of it, use it because um, you know the Parameter Store, which everyone basically uses, um, or you, it's, you know it as something with EC2 and Windows, but you don't care then, usually. Um, or if you care, it's really cool that you use it because it's a really cool... Um, uh, service and it's somehow like a mix of services so it currently looks a little bit like the fallback service for product managers who don't know where to put their new service um, but there is a really nice feature which is called um, systems manager automation and this is um, actually a um, execution environment where you can execute arbitrary um, AWS APIs within a really simple YAML language. It looks a little, by, little bit like, uh, for example, Ansible. So you write your steps and you don't have to care about, um, for example, the runtime or libraries. So because this is taken care by these uh, systems manager automation execution runtime. And so you do also don't have to do stuff like updating your runtimes or libraries like JavaScript or Python and so on. So, and also it also provides basic features such as uh, conditions. So if then else, and it has a uh, very um, big library of uh, standard operating procedures such as creating a CloudFormation stack or executing other um, SSM documents and so on. So, for example, there's also something like create a Jira issue, and so so it's really like like a big collection, which is really cool because it's then maintained by AWS, and we don't have to uh, maintain this. And mm, so, how can we use this with CloudFormation? So, CloudFormation cannot trigger SSM automation documents directly, but there is an integration with. Um, event bridge for SSM automation. So uh, one practical example um, I we have had in our um, SuperVecker project, which, as I said, sets up your AWS environment, is uh, setting up a GuardDuty delegated administrator. So GuardDuty is the threat intelligence service of AWS, and it will, for example, warn you if some of your EC2 instances apparently 
um, uh, was was like morphed into a Tor instance or something like that. So, or your S3 bucket got leaked and something. So, so, so it's really good to set it up and have the notifications and um, and um, yeah. So, so and. What we did is we we actually automated this new feature called delegated administrators. So all uh, guard duty findings from a multi-account setup will go into a delegated audit account. And I also have so in the show notes we can put this as an example. And because um, you can see this um, in the open source project how this works. And um, two things to mention here as well is that um, one cool feature of the systems manager automation is that um, it can automate stuff also across accounts and regions so you can um, you, you can uh, call these documents which are like in your account but you can call it to uh, do this stuff um, within other regions or other accounts. So it's really cool to um, administer medium-sized or bigger multi-region or uh, multi-account setups. So and we have another example for the show notes, which would show um, how to enable guard duty, for example, for existing accounts and not only for new accounts. And uh, last but not least, one important detail is that um, as I said, it's fully managed and we don't install anything. So there is simply some AWS client SDK version installed and it seems like it's updated periodically, but we don't know when and we don't know which version. So if you want to use like newer released features or even services, you probably um, can't do it with this automation and then you would have to fall back again to um, have some runtime where you have um, um, let's say an updated an up-to-date um, AWS client SDK. Um, yeah, so, so how does this integrate with CloudFormation? So uh, we need something um, that actually triggers an event, an event bridge so that um, um, after this the SSM automation can run and this can but this can um, be actually um, almost everything within AWS because um, nowadays almost everything emits event bridge events so you can um, for example start this which we did after uh, um, for another service finished uh, in our case control tower so um, you can then do it like event-based and it's somehow decoupled from the stack creation. You mentioned that there is like the, the problem that, that sometimes the, the runtime, the SSM runtime is not like up to date with the latest SDK. And that's act actually the same problem if you use a custom resource and with the inline code, right? Because the, the node, for example, the node runtime, they are not on the latest SDK as well. I think it's the same for Python. So yeah, but that... Yeah, if you really want to use the latest and greatest features, you will probably run into into issues there. That's right. Okay, so so okay. Um, the good news here is that we can work around something that has an API, and then there is a bad news in AWS. So um, usually AWS is advertised as a cloud where everything has an API, but it turns out that's not true. So there are actually quite a few features without an API. So you also figured out a way 
to automate um, AWS parts where there is no API. So how does that work? Yes, yeah, so now let's um, come to the um, fun part and the don't try this at home kids uh, part. <laughs> um, yeah, so so as you said, so um, yeah, some AWS services or features provide no API at all. And I have a few examples. So there are, for example, billing features like setting VAT ID or tax inheritance or currency setting. So this is also like usually a one-time setup. And But if people forgot it, um, then they might uh, run into issues. Another um, maybe more famous or more, more um, yeah, let's say, yeah, more famous uh, uh, service is AWS Control Tower, which has no API at all. So no API usually means no CloudFormation support. And there's then there's another example. For example, Amazon Connect also doesn't have all um, features as an API. So there are um, there are parts of AWS where you can where you are forced to click in the console. So it's nearly impossible. Um, but as a last resort, it can be done with headless browser frameworks. So, for example, um, Puppeteer or Selenium. And um, I first got this idea when I uh, read some code of a project called the AWS Account Controller, which is from um, Ian McKay, who is also famous for doing really cool and hacky stuff with AWS. And... Um, abusing um, AWS services in a yeah in, in really like um, interesting ways so and so he he used actually um, puppeteer in the lambda function to um, to automate um, to automate something in Amazon connect because he used Amazon connect to that Amazon can call Amazon itself for the account validation. So, but this is another story, um, which is also fun, but not the part of the story. And um, so, and what I so so I thought, okay, um, I really need this because I have to set up. Um, I want to automate the setup of AWS Control Tower, and as I mentioned, Control Tower doesn't have an um, API yet. So. Um, and then I got, uh, I stumbled up on a new, a relatively new service called CloudWatch Synthetics, which is actually a API or um, website monitoring tool from AWS. One monitoring is called a canary. So, and a canary actually is um, a managed Lambda function with a runtime um, which has Puppeteer completely set up. So we could use this service, so we could abuse AWS to uh, log in into the console and click around there and do stuff. And as I said, it's, so so this uh, CloudWatch Synthetics uses Puppeteer, and also now since a few days, um, can you can also use uh, Selenium with Python, and uh, we use it to. Uh, Login into the AWS console with, with this there's this federation get sign in token trick. You can also see this in the um, in the show notes. Where's another example of how we activate control tower? And one big advantage of this is that now um, these synthetics is completely managed by 
AWS and we can actually specify um, these um, canaries as, uh, as a CloudFormation resource. Also with inline code, very nice. So we can put this stuff into one CloudFormation template and we don't need a process for installing or keeping runtimes and libraries up to date. So this is like with a custom resource, we just use what's there, but then we are also limited to what's there. Um, there's one trick. So if you specify the canary via uh, CloudFormation and the AWS um, synthetic canary resource, and you set one parameter to true, the start canary after creation parameter, then it will just run after the creation. But within your CloudFormation stack, you won't get feedback if this um, if this puppeteer or um, canary canary um, worked without errors or not. So it's not easy to get the result of the automation. The other thing is that it's really like um, really fragile approach because the AWS console it's, um, has, is no stable API. So if they change something in the HTML or CSS, um, the automation will break. That's a crazy approach. So what I can think of, so I, there was a blog post about like from AWS where someone built a resource provider that provides bash functionality. So you can basically uh, enter some bash into CloudFormation and then it is executed on on some, I think it's executed on, I don't know if it's Fargate or EC2, but you could do kind of the same thing with with, with this approach. So you could have a custom resource that, that can click around in, <laughs> in the console and uh, make this API call to start the canary and probably also wait if it finished and stuff like this, yeah. But yeah, the question is, does it make sense to build such a thing or should we better ask for APIs? Um, I'm not sure, but it's definitely a cool workaround. So I was really, like when I first saw this, I was thinking, so what's going on here? And then I, aha, okay, so they're clicking around in the console. <laughs> so that's really cool. So um, definitely a cool example. So, okay. so I think that's that's it. So that's um, the three and a half ways to work around missing CloudFormation um, support. So I have a short summary for our listeners. So if if there is no API, then there's basically only one option to work around, and that's the CloudWatch Synthetics approach that Sönke talked about last. Um, if there is an API, then you can actually choose between SSM automation, custom resource, and resource registry. Um, I would say that custom resources and SSM is kind of the fast track to get things done quickly. Resource providers are a little bit more effort, but they are definitely the like this is where the high quality kind of thing um, it can be made with all the features of CloudFormation and which is future proof and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, you really have to think if that investment is worth um, the effort um, to develop it. So that that would kind of be my summary. Um, so, so in case there anything else you want to um, add here before we close the, the episode. Thanks for having me. And uh, this was really fun. Yeah, great. And thank you also very much, Sönke, for preparing all that cool stuff and for working on the Superworker project. So all those links that you mentioned will be in the show notes um, with a blog post. So we have a blog post again with uh, together with the, the podcast episode covering the same topic. So if you're interested in one of those workarounds, check out the blog post for all the details. Besides that, thanks for listening. And before you leave, um, please review the podcast, for example, on Apple Podcasts. You can also share this episode with your friends because learning uh, something new about AWS is always fun, right? And your feedback help, helps us to improve the podcast. You can reach us via email, Twitter, and all the details to contact us are in the show notes. 
We are back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye.